X-Men Dark Phoenix and New Mutants move release dates. James Wan takes on Stephen King's Knockers, And Colin Trevorrow returns to direct Jurassic World 3. This and much more on a new episode of Merc with a Movie Blog. Welcome back to another episode of Merc with a Movie Blog. Thank you everybody for joining me today. We've got a lot of great news stories, some stuff in the world of comics, some stuff in the world of monster films, a couple of those, which is pretty cool. So I'm just going to j- dive right into it and we're going to start talking about X-Men, Dark Phoenix, and New Mutants got pushed back off the release dates. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix was originally uh, slated to come out November of this year and got slotted back to February 14th of 2019. Now, Collider reports that reshoots after a test screening uh, were to take place, but top talent schedules uh, are what caused this pushback. Uh, the Because of the reshoots and everything like that they have to get everybody back together and with some of the top tier talent that they have like Jessica Chastain, uh, Michael Fassbender and, and Jennifer Lawrence you know it's sometimes it's difficult to get all these stars you know to the schedules together so that was uh, what Collider's reporting is the reason for this three-month delay which isn't that big of a deal three months you know that does happen a lot of people are looking more it's like oh it went from 2018 to 2019 but it's it's really only a three-month push which you know for getting everybody's schedules together and everything like that you know that definitely makes sense um and for what they were saying the earliest availability for everyone to get back together wouldn't be until like august or september which is why the three-month push now new mutants on the other hand this is not the first time that this film has gotten pushed back now this is one of those films i was really looking forward to um, they released a trailer a little while ago, maybe like a month or so ago. Might have been a little bit more than that. Um, and I think I thought it looked great. I was really excited to see a horror film in the world of comics, and you don't see that very often. So I was really excited for that. But now it's being reported that it's being pushed from its what was its new date of February of 2019 all the way out to August. Um, and for those who remember, this movie was originally supposed to come out this month, just a few weeks away, and now it's being pushed back all the way to August 2nd of 2019. It's almost a year and a half from its initial release date, which is insane. These reports are saying that Fox is reshooting about 50%, at least 50% of this film, just to make it quote-unquote scarier and add new characters. The new characters thing, as long as it fits within the story, I'm fine with that. And making it scarier, I'm I'm down with. Why they didn't think about that in the first place, I'm not sure. I mean, they had the success of Deadpool. They had the success of Logan. So if they were... like, I don't see why there would be a reason for them to be afraid to make it rated R. And if they're making it scarier, 
I feel like that that's that has to be where they're heading is, is making it rated R, making it as just scary as they possibly can, just a straight up horror movie, and hopefully this extra time helps. Hopefully these reshoots, you know, make this a great film. It could be a, a World War Z situation where they go through and redo m- the majority of the film, and it turns out to be a pretty damn good flick. So we hopefully it'll be something like that. Uh, Next up is another story in the world of Marvel, but this time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Agent Coulson, Korath, and Ronan the Accuser are set to appear in Captain Marvel. Now, filming has begun on the film, and Greg Clark, who plays Agent Coulson, Lee Pace, who plays Ronan the Accuser, and Jamin Hansu, who plays Korath, will all return to the MCU now, this is something that a lot of people, when they first saw this, anybody who didn't doesn't really know much about the film that's coming out, were like, well, how, how is this possible, you know? These characters are dead, or, you know, with Coulson, you know, he's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and, you know, a lot of stuff has been said that he would never come back into the fold. But for those who don't know, this film is actually being set in the 90s. So this is a prequel to everything that we have seen. And it, it's going to involve the uh, Kree Scroll War, which is really interesting to me. I think this is going to be something that's going to really just launch the the next wave of Marvel films. At the what I'm going to call the post Thanos world of of the MCU, <clears throat> the Scrolls and the Kree, I think are going to play a huge part in what's to come. And I I'm, I would not be shocked. If a secret invasion is what is going to happen um, later on, when we find out that a lot of the uh, a lot of the characters throughout the MCU have been scrolls all along, and, and I think that is something that they can really play with and, and and make something really interesting out of for the next ten years. You know, since you know, we've hit ten years now, this, this could push us for the next ten. As far as Coulson goes, it's most likely that he's going to be hanging around with Nick Fury since he's going to also, a young Nick Fury with both his eyes, has already been reported that you know, will be part of this film. Um, and Captain Marvel, the film will be directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And it stars uh, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, as Carol Danvers. And this is going to be a really interesting film. It's going to be uh, the MCU's first female-led superhero film, and hopefully it can you know live up to the praise that a film like Wonder Woman has gotten. You know, I I really I, I hate comparing DC and Marvel because it just gets the crazy fanboys in a big tizzy. But that is what will happen. You know, people will compare the two. You know, being Wonder Woman being one of the biggest if not the biggest um, female-led superhero movie ever made, you know this has to be at least close to as good to it in order for everybody to accept it. And I, I think it will because Marvel has a really good track record of doing you know great films. And so hopefully we'll see. Uh, it comes out March eighth of twenty nineteen, so we have less than a, a year to wait. So we'll see what happens. Next up is a, a story about. This one's a little little odd, you may think. Um, it's a story about a film that it will not be in, in theaters. But it's one that I... It has a soft spot in my heart. 
It is one of my guilty pleasures, and it is one that I just I really wanted to talk about, and that's Sharknado Six is going to cap off the series with some time travel. Yeah, you heard me right, time travel. Now I know a lot of you out there are like, really, you're talking about Sharknado, but I understand a lot of people don't like these movies. You know, they're you know stupid, crappy movies, whatever. That's what I love about them. You know, they know exactly what what they are. You know, they know exactly what type of movie they're making. You know, they're not out here trying to make Schindler's List. They're out here making Sharknado, and they know that. And so, I'm really excited to see them. You know, do another one. You know, it's one of those films where because it comes out every year. Every year, I'm like, yes, can't wait to see the next one. See how crazy and insane it gets. The sad thing is, for me at least, and for the other fans of the franchise, is that this will be the final film, as Sci-Fi has, has confirmed that this sixth installment will be the final film in the series. Um, now, some spoilers for the fifth film. For those of you who haven't seen it, just skip ahead, a, you know, maybe a minute, you know. Um, the last film, Sharknado 5 Global Swarming, it ended with Finn wandering alone uh, on a destroyed Earth. And it's like, wh- where are you going to go from here? You know, where can you possibly go from here? Well, they've come up with a way, and that way is time travel. So in Sharknado Six, Finn will have to travel back in time to stop the very first Sharknado from ever happening. And I think this is a really interesting way to wrap this because it's, you know, ever since it started, you know. F- as it went into its sequels, it's like, well, they just keep coming. They just keep coming. You know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and crazier and crazier. It's like, well, how do you really just stop it? You're just like, oh, well, no more ever happened. No, this is how you do it. You stop them from ever happening in the first place. You do something crazy. You throw some time travel in there. That's nuts, and I love it. Now, what the other thing that uh, I was reading is that the film will reportedly also feature Nazis, dinosaurs, knights, and even Noah's Ark. Now, all of this is presumably due to uh, Finn's multiple failed tra- uh, time travel attempts. Um, you know, because if you just go back all of, you know right off the bat, go back in time to the first film and and stop it. I think that'd be a short film. You got to have some fun, interesting stuff in there. So him trying to get back in time to the right spot and overshooting it, ending up in in the prehistoric era or ending up in in you know World War Two. I think that would be really neat to see, and it, it's it definitely fits with the series it, with its craziness. And I think doing stuff like that will actually allow for some more of the you know celebrity cameos that you see. You get a little bit more, some more roles that these people can do. And the celebrity cameos are some of the best parts of those films. You never know who's going to pop up and die from a shark. So that's you know really interesting. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, the director of the previous five films, Anthony C. Ferrante, will return to finish off the series. And... Ian Ziering, Tara Reid, Cassie Skirbo, Vivica A. Fox are all set to return to the series. And this movie is set to hit sci-fi on July 25th, 2018. So get ready for some more Sharknado. The next story I want to talk about is the Tommyknockers remake coming from horror giant James Wan. 
uh, the Conjuring director James Wan and IT producer Roy Lee have joined forces for a new adaptation of Stephen King's The Tommyknockers. Uh, this film is reportedly being shopped around to both big studios as well as streaming services like Netflix. So that's kind of cool. And Stephen King adaptations have done de- fairly well with uh, 1922 and uh, one of my favorites, Gerald's Game. It was a fantastic movie. And go out, get, hop on your Netflix, check out Gerald's Game. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with this one. This is one of those movies that it's super, super long. It, some of the t- sometimes it's kind of boring, um, but it's 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 decent. It, it's though it's not one of his best. So this is one of those that I'm really okay with having a remake done. And with James Wan directing it, that's fantastic because he is one of my favorite. Uh, up, you know, my, my favorite, somewhat younger horror directors out there, and having the producer of another Stephen King adaptation, it that was just fantastic, uh, be attached to it and working with him on it as a producer. I mean, I think this is this is going to just be great. Um, Tommyknockers is based on Stephen King's 1987 novel, and as I said before, it had. Uh, a version previously it was a 1993 ABC miniseries which is something that they used to do a lot like the like it was an ABC miniseries you know so they did they did that kind of thing a lot back in the day and now you know it looks like they're taking some of these previous like televised properties and turning them into films and you can do a lot with it now so I'm really excited to see what James Wan uh, can bring to the Tommyknockers, and there's no release date yet. So you know, when you know, if there's any more news about it, I'll definitely keep you posted. Next up, I have uh, Pedro Pascal joins Wonder Woman 2 in a key role. Uh, Narcos and Game of Thrones star Pedro Pascal has been cast in the Wonder Woman sequel in what's being called a key role. No confirmation as to who he will play. But there is, there has been some speculation about a few different characters based on his look, based on who uh, Wonder Woman has had dealings with in the comics, and some of these speculations include Vandal Savage, uh, who we saw in the the CW Arrowverse at one point. Um, we also have uh, the possibility of Doctor Psycho, and even. Sebastian Balesteros, a.k.a. The Male Cheetah. Now, this one holds a little bit more weight to it as they've already cast Kristen Wiig as Dr. Barbara Minerva, the female cheetah. So, having the the counterbalance of Kristen Wiig's cheetah and the possibility of Pedro Pascal as the male cheetah, I think that could be interesting to see where they go with that. So... This is something that I'm really looking forward to, and you know anything that they want to bring to it, I trust Patty Jenkins completely. So if you know if they want to bring in Vandal Savage, hey, do it. If they want to bring in the male cheetah, do it. I think that'll be great. Uh, this film is set for release on November first, twenty nineteen. All right, our next story is Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston reteam for a new Netflix comedy called Murder Mystery. These two previously starred together in the 2011 rom-com Just Go With It and have been apparently wanting to 
uh, find a new project to work together on for a while. This marks the sixth feature project for Netflix with Adam Sandler and is part of his second four-film deal with the streaming service. The first deal included uh, some films like The Ridiculous Six, The Do-Over, Sandy Wexler, and the Mayor... I'm going to get this one. I'm going to butcher this name. The Meyerowitz Stories. And the second four-film deal will start off with the upcoming comedy The Week Of, which drops later this month on April 27th. Murder Mystery is being directed by Workaholics co-creator Kyle Nuichek from a script by James Vanderbilt. And the story follows a New York cop and his wife who become the prime suspects in the murder of an elderly billionaire while vacationing in Europe. Now, the premise sounds in- interesting, I guess, but when it comes to Adam Sandler, it's this is one of those things where I'm never really excited to see his films. Of the four that he's done on Netflix so far, I've seen two, the first two. I saw Ridiculous Six, which was terrible. And... For me, I'm usually pretty forgiving when it comes to comedies. You know, if it makes me at least makes me laugh a decent amount, you know, even if it's a bad film, you know, I'll give it a pass. But this movie was just not good. It was not funny. I I, I could not I couldn't stand it. Which, like I said, that takes a lot for me when it comes like horror and comedy. I'm pretty forgiving on because you know it, as long as it is with comedy, as long as it makes me laugh, I'm pretty good. However, Ridiculous Six was just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I watched that one time, could never watch it again. The do-over, though, I thought it was decent, you know, it wasn't, wasn't great, but it actually held my attention, had an interesting story, made me laugh. That one was, was pretty good, I thought. Um, but the other two, like Sandy Wexler, I, I heard pretty bad things about, and I, didn't, I don't even know what the other one is, to be totally honest with you, I can't even pronounce the, the name of it. Um, and I hadn't heard of the upcoming one, the week of, until I started, sorry, I was looking into this story. So that tells you a lot right there. They're just kind of sliding these things out, not really advertising them all that much because they made these deals with them. And I'm, I'm assuming that enough people have been watching it, you know, in order to, you know, make it viable for them. So, um, other than that, I mean... I don't know, Jennifer Aniston, I really do enjoy, so hopefully, you know, since she signed on to it, hopefully it's decent, but we'll see, uh, there's no release date yet for it, so just, if it's something that you're interested, you know, if it sounds interesting to you, just keep an eye out for it, I'm sure Netflix will throw, you know, a little notification up, you know, on your app, if it's one of those types of films that, you know, that their algorithm pulls toward you, so. Our next story is about Colin Trevorrow, who is returning to direct Jurassic World 3. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jurassic World 3, Jurassic World 2 hasn't even come out yet. I mean, why, so why, I mean, why are they you know, making story, you know, giving out stories about Jurassic World 3 already? Well, they, they've been doing this for a bit. They already said that they were making a Jurassic World 3 long before the promos or like the trailers for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom even started coming out. So it was just a matter of time before they announced who was going to direct it. And bringing Trevorrow back, they must have either a lot of confidence in what he brought to the, with what he brought to the first one, 
or not a lot of confidence with what's being brought to the new one. As he he directed and co-wrote the first film, but dropped from the director's chair to write and produ- to only write and produce the upcoming sequel, uh, Fallen Kingdom, which comes out June twenty second, twenty eighteen. Now, Fallen Kingdom is actually set four years after the destruction of the Jurassic World theme park, and Owen Grady and Claire Deering return to the island of of Isla Nublar to save the remaining dinosaurs from a volcano that's about to erupt. They soon encounter terrifying new breeds of gigantic dinos while uncovering a conspiracy that threatens the entire planet. Sounds a little hokey, but you know what? It's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic World. it's, It's these types of movies. It can be a little hokey. I love the Jurassic Park films. And even even the sequels, I enjoy them. It, it, it's just something that has a special place in my heart ever since I was a kid. So this is definitely one that I'll be checking out. And I personally, I enjoyed Jurassic World. So I'm cool with seeing Trevorrow uh, return to the director's chair. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see him come back. But we'll see how the new film comes out as to whether or not I would have rather seen that director stay on. But we'll see. Now it's time for the weekend roundup. This week's uh, top five films at the box office. Number five included Pacific Rim Uprising, which brought in 9.2 million. I can number four was I Can Only Imagine, which brought in 10.8 million. Number three was Marvel's Black Panther with 11.3 million. Number two was Tyler Perry's Acrimony with 17.1 million. And number one was Ready Player One, the new Steven Spielberg film, with $41.2 million. Now, some of the stuff that kind of stands out to me, it's really disappointing to see Pacific Rim uh, doing so poorly at the box office. Um, I know that the first one didn't do great in the States, but I was hoping that the second one would do a bit better. And it just doesn't seem like it is. I've heard that the film itself isn't quite as good. I haven't seen it yet myself, but... You know, so it's a little disappointing. I love uh, John Boyega, so I was really hoping that this would be a good ve- another good vehicle for him outside of the, the world of Star Wars. Um, another thing was uh, Tyler Perry's Acrimony. Now, this film, I honestly had no idea this was a Tyler Perry film. All the trailers that I've seen from it, it all you see is Acrimony. You don't see it. You know, they're not out there putting it out there saying Tyler Perry's Acrimony. Because I think that with his name comes a certain stigma to some audience members who say, oh, that's a Tyler Perry film. I don't want to go see that. So I've heard it's you know, not horrible. It's, it's decent. It, you know, it, it hit number two on the box office, which is you know, great, I guess. Um, but even for me, I, when I saw the trailers for it, even not knowing... That's a Tyler Tyler Perry film, which most of his films I'm not a huge fan of. I've seen a few that I, I enjoyed, but most of them not a big big fan of. But even even the trailers, it just the movie just doesn't really look very good to me. So we'll see uh, what type of numbers it'll hold on to in its second week. But I'm, I don't think it's gonna be very promising. And then Ready Player One, which is this big Spielberg production. You know, super nostalgic. I was hoping that it would at least crack 50, and it didn't. 
But if it can stay kind of steady and hold on to the audience in the next week or so before uh, Avengers comes out, you know, then I think it'll do good. But I think really where Ready Player One and films like Pacific Rim are going to get its money, that it's going to be overseas. That's where they're going to have to get all that, that money out to make up for anything that they may lose over here in the States. So hopefully they'll be able to do that. We'll see. And to wrap up this week's episode, I would like to do, my for my mini-review this week, the new film from Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau, Best Friends. You you know Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero from the film The Room, and Greg Sestero also wrote the book The Disaster Artist, which was recently turned into a film uh, starring James Franco and his brother Dave Franco playing Tommy and um, Greg, respectively. And this film had an interesting story to it. It's about this homeless man who ends up working for a mortician, and then he gets into some kind of shady stuff, steals from him, sells some stuff. It, it gets it gets kind of weird, but as you're wa- as I was watching the film, because I don't want to give away too much, as I'm watching this movie, I'm saying to myself, the story here is actually kind of interesting, and if it was done by almost anybody else with almost any other cast, this could really be something special, I think. And nothing against Greg Sestero, um, but. I just don't think he's that good of, you know, he's not that great of a filmmaker. And Tommy Wiseau, I mean, he's, he's not a good actor, you know. And what he's doing, what what a lot of this film, what they're doing, is they're kind of playing off the success of The Room, which is fine. You know, it could become one of those cult type of films like The Room. Who knows? So much to the point where they do certain things in this movie that they did in that other movie, like how in the room they're all th- like throwing the awkwardly throwing a football around. In this, it's a basketball, and they're just throwing it l- as if it's a football. They're top playing catch with a basketball, which is really awkward. Um, the cla- the classic "Oh hi Mark" line from the room returns, but with a different name attached attached to it this time, obviously. And it's just like. Tommy Wiseau has one character, and that's Tommy Wiseau. That's all he can play. So, you know, so this character, this is the same, it's essentially the same character. So, I mean, it was an interesting film to go watch, especially with a crowd, you know, with people laughing and everything. It was So, like, it was entertaining, but if I was going to, if I'm going to judge this movie, this film, as a film, Give it, give it my my honest score. Honestly, it's looking at like a three out of ten as far as a film. There were certain things that held my interest, and like I said, the story was interesting. So you know, I'm not just gonna like crap on it and give it like a you know a one out of ten, but like a three, maybe a three point five out of ten. That's that's about as as good as as it's gonna get. It, it may. Some people may score it higher simply out of entertainment value, but I'm looking at this strictly as 
as a film, you know, how, how it's made and all that, you know, how well, how good of an actual film it is. And it's really, as filmmaking goes, it's not a very good film. So that about wraps it up for this week's edition of Merc with a Movie Blog. I'd like to thank everybody who has been listening over the last couple of episodes and everybody who's listening to this episode. It means the world to me. So if you could please, you know, just tell tell your friends about it. Tell your friends to listen. Share it on social media. And you can follow me on Facebook at Merc with a Movie Blog and on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. And I'll catch you next time. And remember, watch more films.